0: Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex, and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. Today we'll be talking about how to create genuine connections when dating. I've invited my regular guests and personal life and business coach, Shireen Blum. What I haven't shared about Shireen yet, because I know you know a lot about her, is that she actually has her own podcast as well. And it has incredible guided meditations and I've definitely used something, particularly when I miss Shireen and I can't talk to her with the time difference, I chuck on a guided meditation. Um, But it's called Peace in My Pocket. So, you should definitely check it out. She's got all different types of meditations for different, you know, emotions that you might be feeling or anything like that. And there's definitely some key episodes on her Peace in My Pocket podcast for connection which is what we're talking about today so that's why i wanted to bring it up today but just check it out so welcome back to the show Shireen.
1: hello thank you for having me again
0: <laughs> love it we all love it everyone loves you they tell me because <laughs> you're great oh i
1: love i love our conversations it's it's fantastic i have a lot of fun they are
0: good. I sometimes feel like we should be recording more of our conversations for everyone, but all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to just jump right in. And Shireen and I, obviously, we talk all the time and I'm bouncing ideas and she helps me get clarity on things and with my growth and stuff and something That I've really been wondering, you know, I've been single for a few years now and I'm wondering why we humans really feel like we want to be in a relationship because I find it sort of annoying to have that feeling like because I've just realized past two months I'm ready for a relationship, which when I realized I covered my mouth was like, oh, my God can't believe it and then I sort of felt frustrated because I was like why do we feel the need that we have to be in a relationship like why isn't it enough for us to just be ourselves and see what happens and so that's my question like why do you think as humans we feel like we want to be in a relationship because that seems to be the driver for every human being in the end they all want to find love and want a relationship
1: so why is that? Well I think that I mean again you you ask such fantastic questions that have so many levels. I think first of all we have been conditioned to believe we need a relationship. We've been conditioned to believe that you're worthy, we're lovable if we're in a relationship. You know, that's it's kind of how the media, how movies, how Walt Disney has kind of just presented this paradigm to us. So there's a kind of inner coding that says, well, if I'm not in a relationship, does that mean I'm not lovable? Does that mean I'm not good enough? Does that mean I'm a loser? Does that mean I'm ugly? Does that mean, you know, I'm pathetic and I'm just going to be alone and lonely? I think we all have this deep fear of really being alone and being perceived that way. Now, on another level, if you look at everything on earth, everything is based on a connection. Everything is based on how one thing relates to another. So at the same time of us being conditioned, it is a natural instinct for us to connect. But I think there's a difference between that authentic connection and the need to connect and the need to be attached to someone. There's a real difference there.
0: I agree. And when the other part to me realizing that I'm ready for a relationship, I want to add to that as well, which which goes on what you've just spoken about too, is I have have an awareness that I would like a relationship, I'd like to be in a relationship, but I do not need a relationship. And there is a very big difference between needing, feeling like you need to be in a relationship, versus you're ready and you want to be in a relationship. Do you want to explain that to everyone?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we did talk about this in previous episode on love addiction. If you haven't listened to it, check that one out. because <laughs> yes. <laughs> We did go into detail about that kind of love addiction and needing to be loved. But that Differentiation, what you were just talking about, the difference between want and need is so key to what we're talking about. That need to be loved comes from an inner fear. It comes from an emptiness and a void within ourselves. And the other one, wanting a relationship, is when we're kind of full within ourselves. You know, you look at your journey, Sarah, where you are so fulfilled in yourself, you've done the work, you've cleared, you've healed. And so you now have this beautiful self-love and this fullness within yourself that you want to share with another person. And that's the positive intent. And I think if we can differentiate between one, when we are coming from a fear-based mindset of needing that connection and needing someone to fulfill us as opposed to I want to share myself with another person one comes from a space of independence and one comes from a place of codependence
0: yeah this ties in also I heard on um another podcast when I was in the depth of the pain and the agony of my breakup and healing myself and it was talking about like the Disney sort of thing like you know, we grew up with the thinking that we want to be princesses that need saving by a prince, which I find very disempowering. And on this particular podcast, this is where I really had my aha moment that she's, like, she was like, you know, it's really you want to be the queen and you want him to be the king or vice versa, you be the king and queen, you know, from a male point of view. Because from a queen, because I'm a female, I'm a queen – Is you fill your cup up first as a queen and then it overflows to the rest, which means it overflows to the princess. And what you're filling the cup up with is actually love. Yeah. And it's about being empowered individuals and, yeah, be your own queen or be your own king sort of thing and coming together as opposed to the... Princess and prince saving scenario and needing each other. I'd I'd probably describe the prince and princess needing each other versus the um, king and queen maybe choosing each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's so important for people to notice this difference because when you are coming from this inner need, that's when, number one, we tend to kind of compromise ourselves because we go, okay, they'll do. You know, it's better off than being alone. Mm. Um, and and sometimes we compromise our values and our kind of authentic needs as a because we're just feeding that inner emptiness. And, you know, like from that, as opposed to kind of just being full, th- there's a real difference in that.
0: Yeah. So I feel like people out there today, all of us, we dating, particularly for a date, and dating means so many things in America, and it confuses me. Um, so Americans out there, when I'm saying dating, I am not talking about a two-year relationship that you're referring to as dating to us Aussies. That means a exclusive relationship and completely different. When I'm talking about dating, I'm talking about, you know, you've been on the first couple of dates. So let's, let's call it maybe within the first couple of weeks of seeing someone, um, that that part um, I just need to clarify that because it's definitely a breakdown in cultures when we use the word dating I had such a funny conversation with two friends before when we we're trying to work it out anyway <laughs> so that's the area of dating I'm talking about so when people are dating and meeting potential partners and things like that I feel like people are craving genuine interactions and connections what's your advice for people to try to experience these sort of interactions and connections whilst in the dating Phase, i.e., the first month of seeing someone or just going on one to three dates with someone?
1: Well, I think that, you know, it's so easy for us to kind of project into, oh, he feels like the one or she feels like the one. And, you know, the mind starts to create a story and we start kind of planning the honeymoon and we kind of project really far in the future. And you know, it brings up a whole bunch of kind of fear patterns and behaviors that go with that. So being really present in the moment and in the now, and being really genuine and curious to get to know somebody. You know, I think that a lot of the time now we can be so presumptuous of, oh, he's wearing that brand, he's got that hat on, he's got, you know, she's not, you know, she looks like this, she's got blonde hair, all these and we make these assumptions of a person and that kind of limits our connection because we don't give a person a chance to really get to know somebody. And, you know, so I think that if we can be really genuine and let me just have, let's let's remember just to have a really good conversation, question a person, get to know who they are without judging them immediately, but being really open and compassionate and really like curious and i think instead of coming to the date going oh was he going to be the one coming to the date with a curiosity how can i get to know this person what is their story
0: Yeah. And I think that's been my approach. Well, I know it definitely is my approach versus a lot of my friends is I go on a date just to meet someone. And maybe it's the publicist in me as well, but I'm just, I like to meet people and get to know people. So I don't put any expectations on it. You know whatsoever. But I think you raise a good point, and we just talked a little bit offline, and why I'm going to bring this up is there's a difference between judgment and instinct. So let's talk about that because judgment's coming from fear and ego, and instincts is your inner wisdom speaking.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate the two, right? A lot of people say, well, how do I know what's my head and what's my heart? You know, and, you know, very (sighs) that instinct does kind of is that first split second intuitive feeling that we get so intuition is more of a feeling that we get oh I feel a connection to this person or I don't feel a connection to this person or I feel you know I feel like the the guard comes up or I feel I need to protect myself that's kind of an instinct the judgment comes from the mind the story that we're making from a person about a person you know, I had this conversation with my daughter last night, you know, I said to her, you have swipe left syndrome, you know, because I was watching her on Tinder and she was like, "No, not, 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 you know, swipe left, swipe left. Swipe. Hmm. And I was like, and so, and she was saying, no, nope, I can just, I can tell what they are. I, I can see by what, and I was like, God, you're not even giving these guys a chance. Like, you know, how do you know? Like, how do you know what their story is? Every person has a story. What happens if instead of just, Thinking about, oh, he's the one. What happened if you just were really curious to get to know people? You know what I mean? To create friendships. I think that a lot of it we forget about that first stage of, let me just create a friendship with this person. You know? You know, it, it, you know and again, it could be like, okay, well, this person may not be the one, but he may introduce me to another person or I may meet, you know, I don't know, just being open to receive people and. And and being curious, like, I, I really think it comes down to a curiosity. I've become really curious about people since I've been a coach.
0: Yeah, I think I agree as well And because of all the work we've done together and our friendship and I've got that innate curiosity about people as well and what makes them tick and the uniqueness I love people being unique not a sheep I'm not about people like it frustrates me watching someone and I can see why they're doing that so they want to fit in and there's this massive need in all of us to want to belong but I just love people for who they are and I've had these aha moments even this week about a lot of us don't even realize and see our own inner greatness and don't own it and just like be yourself like you're amazing for who you are and there's definitely someone out there that's perfect for you in the relationship where you can grow together, in support, not not codependent, not into independent too much, like that nice balance. Yeah, um, absolutely. Ta- so we're talking about connection, and I feel like connection to yourself is probably pretty essential in order for y- to assist you in connecting with others. Like you probably have to be quite. I imagine, and and please talk about this but you're going to experience deeper connections with others if you have a deeper connection with yourself like the depth of connection with yourself does that reflect or mirror the level of connection that you're able to have with other people
1: 100 because if we are disconnected so what does that mean to be disconnected from yourself i kind of look at us when we are just in our day-to-day autopilot go mode we wake up and it's like i on the to-do list, I gotta do this, gotta do that, we're rushing everywhere. And we're not really aware and connected to what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What am I wanting here? What am I needing here? You know, what's my what's my essence? What's my soul talking? We kind of move too fast (laughs) and we miss that kind of self-connection and self-connectedness. When we're really self-connected, we can really tune in we can we know the difference between instinct and judgment. We can we're you know we're we're really tuned into thinking, what is my intuition saying? You know, the intuition kind of works at a slower vibration than how the mind works. You know, we have something like sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day. So if we're not connected, we're gonna kind of just be in this almost trance light state. So being really connected is being able to just slow down, tune in, feel your breath in your body. What am I thinking? What are my thoughts about this situation? What are my thoughts about this person? What am I feeling here? Like, what am I actually wanting? What matters to me? What are my values? So many people that I start conversations with don't know what their values are, don't know what their virtues are, what I call their virtues, their their character strengths, their inner resources. You know, so many people can tell you what their limitations are. Um, and what their fear is. But when I say, well, you know, who are you as an authentic self? Like, who is your true self? That self's been forgotten a long time ago.
0: That's sad. That makes me sad because that's their greatness that they've forgotten.
1: Absolutely. You know, and there's a moment in time, very early in childhood, where something happens that makes us question ourselves. And that's that's the moment where we start to disconnect, from that core essence, that authentic self that kind of holds the coding of our greatness. You know what I mean? And we basically become who we need to be to fit in, who we need to be to be accepted, to be validated, to get a- attention, to be recognized. And you know, ultimately, what we're trying to do is just avoid feeling our deep inner wounds. So how do you connect with yourself? Well, it's really about that process of... Uh, you know, being able to to take yourself into like a self-inquiry. And, 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 you know, a lot of people struggle with this and that's why there is the life coaching industry <laughs> to help you go into your inner world. But, you know, very much about tuning in, you know, I have what I call the happiness formula, like our four questions to connect and navigate us through our deep emotions. And the first question of that, the happiness formula is, you know, what am I feeling to be able to stop and ask yourself, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? You know, like sometimes, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that, but a lot of the time we're just not aware that, you know, we could be driving along and just having all these thoughts and suddenly we're feeling something, a song comes up and we're in tears all of a sudden. And we're like, what just happened? You know what I mean? So being able to kind of turn that lens that you're seeing the world inwardly, you know, connecting, feeling your body, getting out of your head, tuning in, feeling your breath, scanning through your body. Where do I feel stressed? Where am I feeling tension? What does it feel like in my body? What emotions? Like actually just like as if you have a camera lens that you're turning inwards.
0: And I think not judging the emotions either, right? Like not.
1: Oh, absolutely. Judging, I feel
0: angry or sad or inadequate or like whatever's coming up, it's observing and not judging.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it really, what we're talking in essence is about practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness is like being the observer. You know, it's like you're, it's like you're like a little. Uh, deep sea diver, you know, going into like a little submarine into your body and you're just observing and you're sensing, you're not judging, you're not labeling. I mean, you can call it, oh, I'm feeling angry, but you're not attaching to any story around that. You're just, you're observing it. You're feeling it. You're present with it. One of the things that I guide my clients to learn is the emotional center line. And this is kind of an imaginary illuminated column that sits through the central core of your being. So the image I always think about is like, you know, the horses on a carousel that have that gold pole through them, you know, like just imagine that line through your body and just being able to tune in to that inner illuminated column and feeling all your emotion and your thoughts and experience, like everything is stored along that center line and being able to calm yourself and, you know, self-soothe and just connect with everything there. That's a really good way of visually seeing how to connect with this inner self.
0: Yeah, I've got two things to add that have popped up in my mind if you've spoken. I feel like having the awareness of what the emotions are and what you've spoken about then is very similar to, you know, everyone like sometimes you're like, I feel really hungry. Why am I hungry right now? I just ate and then someone goes, did you have enough water today? You're like, Oh yeah, I'm dehydrated. I'm not hungry. I'm dehydrated. Yeah. I need some more water. Water. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but you, you thought it was hunger. It wasn't hunger. It was dehydration the whole time. So that sort of comes up. And I feel like that could be in like a way, like a replication of the, you know, what's going on with your emotions and how you're feeling. And something that Shireen's helped me do and this has been a lesson for me and now I'm better at doing it and something even came up yesterday for me is I personally didn't like feeling vulnerable and I felt like it was very weak and I actually like looked down on it in many ways um, because I grew up in a very masculine environment so I wasn't really in touch with my feminine side or the softer side, very much like a man in many ways. I think I'm a boy. In a woman's body, some days, but um, Shereen helped me learn how to feel vulnerable and feel these emotions, and why? Because you taught me it's really important to, like you say, emotions are energy and motion in the body, and any of the negative emotions that we're feeling—jealousy, anger, sadness, pain, like anything—in order for us to feel better, you've taught me that we need to release it, and there's various different ways to release it, right? And be aware, so. I've learned to cry a lot more. I've not been a really big crier, to be honest. So, I've learned to cry and shed it. Like yesterday, you know, things came up and wounds were opened up again for me. And normally the old Sarah a few years ago would have been like, just put it under the rug, like whatever. You knew that was going to happen. You knew you're going to feel out, like just ignore it. But from all my work with you, I realized, okay, if I want to move through this horrible pain that I'm feeling right now, this wound that's opened up, I need to release it very quickly um and connect connect with myself, realize what's going on and release it very quickly. And so I did. I I observed how I was feeling. I was feeling agonizing pain. I was feeling grief. <laughs> I was feeling sadness, and that was just happening. And I allowed myself to feel it for the day. And then I was like, at six o'clock, I'm going to my boxing class, and it's time to start to shift this. So then i I punched and kicked the shit out of that boxing bag, <laughs> and the Go boxing girl. bag <laughs> reflected the negative emotions to me. And I was literally like, "Fuck off, fear! You've got nothing like this. This does not belong in my body. Like we are yeah, awesome, done." And I punched it and I kicked it and I just released and released and released and released. And after the hour class, I felt pretty good. And then the final step for me in all of that is I always remind myself, even if today is a shitty day, tomorrow is a new day and I get to press reset. It's yeah, very, beautiful. very powerful press reset. Tomorrow is a new day. and And I share that with you because I think that's important and that's how I connect with myself and I connect with the, horrible, painful things that we sometimes don't want to connect to, but we like yeah. need to, and we need to feel it. We need to lean into it so we can release it and then start feeling all the good stuff.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things, you know, like the first conversation I have with clients, like just before our interview now, I had a call from, from a somebody that wants to come for coaching. And she was like, I've had your number for a while, but I just can't face this <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's too and so you know we're trying to we do more to avoid pain than seek pleasure and like you said when we lean in if we stop judging ourselves and fearing that vulnerability if we understand what that vulnerability is you know our emotions are so tightly held together like an onion you know we're so layered and so healthy you know n- tight protecting us from those inner wounds and and you know maybe let me just label those wounds because i've identified kind of six main wounds that you know i hear repetitively from clients that why we don't want to be vulnerable why we don't want to feel pain rejection abandonment humiliation judgment failure and uncertainty now each one of these wounds would have happened something would have happened to us we would have felt this pain, we would have made a decision like I'm not good enough or I'm not loved, and then we would have developed a whole range of behaviours to protect us from ever feeling rejected or abandoned or humiliated. Because or we so also
0: had a story to go along with those two things as well, right, as our evidence that we're collecting as to why we're inadequate.
1: Absolutely. So, like my story, for example, of, you know, my dad left and, you know, you know, I was no not lovable. If no, if my dad didn't love me, well, who's going to love me? How do I trust men? So my kind of what I call safety habits of what I developed in myself, you know, the the persona and the guard that went up was like, well, I'm just not going to let myself get rejected. I'm not going to be abandoned. I'm not going to let a man do that to me. So, you know, there was there was a level of my vulnerability that I would go to because, Beyond that vulnerability, there was such a fear that if I open myself completely, am I going to be rejected by this person? And my nervous system had such a conditioned pattern of ensuring that I do not feel that pain, you know? And so when we kind of see the illusion in that and that that story from our inner child and that's a story of our pain but it's not our empowerment story. It's not who we are. It's the story that's actually preventing us from being our true self. And when we can start to kind of heal that inner child and kind of heal the story and reframe that story and kind of go, well, you know what? There's more pleasure in me being myself than the fear of rejection. That's when we are truly empowered. That's when we can really play this game of being genuine and vulnerable and compassionate because, I don't care if you reject me. I'm just here to have fun, right? I'm just here to share myself. I'm not here thinking that you're going to, you know, you're going to, because if that story is still operating subconsciously, then what that means is like that's going to generate fear in us. Like, even if we say, I want to manifest a relationship, I want, like, one of the things I want people to realize is notice how when you say, I want to manifest a relationship, notice if there's any fear that meets that desire because you know if your if your fear meets your desire you're not going to get what you desire you're going to get what you believe you deserve right and if there's that inner fear coming up well then you know there's that unresolved wound inside of you that needs to be attended to that's what therapy is <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good so loneliness is obviously The opposite of connection of how we feel loneliness, but it's often mistaken the difference between being with yourself, being with myself versus being by myself. And we need to become comfortable with being with ourselves or with yourself, with myself. Yeah. Um, let's define the two of what it means to be with yourself versus by yourself and and why it's important to, to be comfortable being with yourself?
1: So being with yourself is very much connected with kind of self-care rituals. So being with myself means that I am going through that process of connecting with like what you were talking about before. I'm leaning into my feelings. I'm also doing the things that make me feel happy. And I don't necessarily need to have people around me to do that. Like what you were talking about, I'm going to a boxing class. I'm going to go have my bath. You know, for me, it's I need to get into nature and immerse myself and go for a hike, which I enjoy more on my own when I can just listen to my thoughts and feelings and process stuff and just connect with the the earth around me and get myself grounded. So those being by yourself are like all the habits of connection. What do we do to connect with ourselves to be with ourselves where we don't feel that loneliness it's it's we're recharging ourselves right so you know whatever that may be for you whatever those self care rituals that help you just recharge and connect with yourself when you're saying i don't like to be by myself that's the inner story of nobody likes me right because that's the I'm so lonely. Nobody invites me. You know, we got to go on social media and you say, oh, you know, they are all gone out and they've gone out without me and I've been excluded. And what's wrong with me? And, you know, it's that whole limiting story that we start questioning ourselves And then it's like, oh, I'm by myself. I'm a loser. No one likes me. I feel rejected. I'm in, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And, so and you're putting the judgment difference. on
0: yourself, is what it sounds like. 100.
1: Well, in essence, what you're doing is you're actually rejecting yourself, right? Mm. You're actually rejecting yourself. You're 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 limiting yourself in that moment of saying, "I'm not good enough." Who wants to be with me? What's wrong with me? The minute we ask ourselves that, we're actually we're we're rejecting our our true nature, our essential nature. So they does say, that yeah, the that
0: does. And what's interesting is they say Los Angeles is a lonely city. I hear that all the time living here and the other thing can be backed up they'll be like that's why there's so many people with dogs
1: (laughs) but well it's so interesting you know because I mean I grew up in LA so I really understand that I mean okay I was 15 when I left so i was still a bit young but you know there's LA is like I don't know for me it's like the city of dreamers you know we all come there searching for something and you know that can be lonely in itself
0: yeah, but what I find interesting, I've lived here for over twelve months now and I haven't felt loneliness. I've I spend a lot of time by myself as well. I need to because my job is around people all the time. I can spend half to three quarters of a day talking on the phone in meetings or Yeah day around people and I'm such an extrovert, I give, 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 give my energy that I need to spend time with myself in order to recharge. So, what I find interesting is people have been like, oh, have you got homesick much or you get lonely much? Like alleys where you get lonely, you must feel yeah. lonely
1: and I haven't in in the 12 months it's been three times. Yeah, wonderful. And I think that's also a result of how much work you've done because in order to be with yourself, you actually have to like yourself, right? You actually have to say, you know what, who I am is enough. Uh, I mean, like I enjoy being with myself because, you know, like my sense of humor, for example, I can have a conversation with myself and the way that I see the world and it, you know, I just find it amusing that it's kind of better to keep that inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I I I crack myself up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I go, you know, okay, I can't even explain this to people, but I'm just, you know, and, and so I think you have to have that, you know, I think if you have that inner self-loathing, you're not going to want to be with yourself because it's like being with, you know, your, your worst enemy, because it's like, I don't want to hear your voice. I don't want to hear the self-pity, you know? So the journey before that is very much about self-love and self-acceptance and actually enjoying yourself and seeing yourself as your own best friend, you know, if you have that sense of acceptance and actually enjoy your own company rather than berating yourself or beating yourself up or judging yourself, like you said before, it's actually going to feel a lot more fun to be with you. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Who wants to be with a nag? (laughs) Really?
0: Exactly. (laughs) And I think this ties in really beautifully to my next question because this is, you've basically said the difference. But in relationships, we can feel connected or we can feel attached to another. Mm. There is a difference and I would love for you to share with everyone what the difference is between connection and attachment and one of those out of those two is not necessarily a healthy thing for yourself.
1: Yeah. So, connection is kind of like what I was saying before where... I just want to share myself. And it's almost like a connection of energy. There's no judgment. It's very much in the moment. I can be connecting with my dog. I can be connecting with a romantic partner. I can be connecting with my child. I can be connecting with my lover, whatever. It it doesn't necessarily matter. There's a process of just sharing energy, being with each other. And the mind's kind of very silent, but it's a feeling experience of Feeling connected, feeling safe, you know, just kind of feeling connected. Attachments come more from what the mind's attaching to. Attachments come from, I need you in my life. I, you know, attachments again come from a more fearful mindset than that self empowered and fulfilling self love. Place, so I need you to love me. I'm attached to the need of having you. It comes from that kind of codependent place. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. So, to me, it feels like people want to be treated with respect, and I feel like people listening probably like, "Duh, obvious." Like, (laughs) (laughs) let's say something no one really wants to feel. So, that's obvious when dating, but I feel like there's double standards out there, like. Why are people expecting to be treated a certain way, yet they treat others how they don't want to be treated? Like, I grew up in a house where my mother said, treat others like you want to be treated, yet people all complain about ghosting and I can't even think of all of them, breadcrumbing and all these terms that we've got, which is basically.
1: I th- I th- I'm still new. I'm th- new to all this.
0: I think that my kids one, laugh at me. Yeah, I think that one's where you put a photo up and it's not really yourself and then you yeah, just Yeah, well that's yeah. where what we're talking about, yeah. But it's basically what I'm trying to say is you go on a date with someone, maybe you don't feel the vibe, but instead of confronting it and having a bit of respect, you just like ignore the person or you, somehow you treat them not the right way and deep down we all know when we're doing that that it's probably not the right way and then when it's done to us, we don't like it. But I can't get my head around the double standards here of how people are expect everyone to treat them properly, you know, like good good humans, good citizens of the world, yet very
1: quickly treats others exactly how they don't want to be treated. What's going on there? do you think well again, you know again it's the defense mechanisms and you know you know we don't want to be rejected and we don't want to f- hurt other people and we don't want to humiliate ourselves we want to, we don't want to be judged or look bad i think that's probably i don't want to be a bitch i don't want to look like the dickhead i don't want her to think i'm a prick i don't want to you know what i mean it's i think that's what people are like well it's easier to just ghost than be truthful and be authentic you know, and that's and that's a real kind of sad reflection of our society is that, you know, in essence, most of us are not truthful to ourselves, never mind truthful to or authentic to anybody else. And, you know, I think, again, it, with having greater self-awareness and having the courage to be truthful rather than fearful mm. is what will change that. I'm, I'm
0: going to add some tips at the end of this of what I use because I – and it's truth, it's not used. it's actually real, but I'm going to be jumping ahead if I do that, of how you can actually be honest with someone and let them know without feeling like you're basically being an asshole to them. But my mother and father also another lesson that they gave me growing up, particularly my mother, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. So it's not what you say or the message of this isn't really working That's not what the problem is. It's how you deliver it. It's the words that you choose to use. It's are you blaming, is there attacking or is it coming from a space of love and whatnot? And I think that's, if we can come from a place of love and be aware of how we're communicating something to someone, you don't need to avoid those situations because I've I've worked out how to do it now. And I will, please remind me on the last part of what we're going to be talking about, because I have these four areas of compatibility and this is how I deliver it basically, but we'll, we'll come back to that.
1: Well, look, really quickly, it's, it, you know, it's knowing those, having those conflict resolution skills because those difficult conversations do not have to be conflictual and exactly what you said, it's how we say what we say that matters. And I have, like most of my clients know the sentence structure of how we start those difficult questions, those difficult statements of, I feel... Because I need. And, you know, to to really have the courage to be able to speak vulnerably and saying, you know, I feel whatever it is. I feel like this doesn't, you know, really work for me because blah, 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 what I need. And if you can make it more about how you're feeling and less about the other person, then you're being a lot more genuine and authentic there.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, we have a listener question and they're wondering what your thoughts are on friends with benefits in Uh the current times um, (laughs) from a connection point of view. I'm finding great difficulty getting Americans on board (laughs) to friends with benefits. Massive. To expecting friends with benefits or what? (laughs) Just not comprehendo. (laughs) It's it's an Australian thing. So, I don't know, maybe it's other part of the world, but it's definitely an Aussie thing of I I know that there is a massive difference between friends with benefits and a booty call and then very obvious if you're a boyfriend-girlfriend exclusive relationship. For me what I think the key difference between friends with benefits and a booty call is is the connection. Yeah. So, So the question from our listener was what are your thoughts on friends with benefits in the current times from a connection point of view? Is it good? Is it bad? Do you have an opinion on it? don't care.
1: Well, I think the the whole friends with benefit and the booty call thing, you know, if 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 it's about connection. Look, you know, again we spoke about that in our previous the love addiction because for women when we orgasm and we release oxytocin, most of us attach to Whatever's made us orgasm, right? So we become very touched. So, you know, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I'm seeing real blurred lines in that, whether it's a female, masculine, more than a personality thing. But I think that there is a natural element for us to connect to something when we've experienced that oxytocin and that dopamine release. We want the, the, the nervous system wants more. So it's easy to get kind of addicted or want more of that person. And that kind of makes it a little bit of danger. But If it's from the point of view that sex is a need, right? And, you know, it's like, I'm just going to hook up with this person because I just need to have sex today, but I really don't have time for the emotional connections and I don't really want an emotional connections, but I need to have sex because, you know, it's like going to the gym. It's a a human need. You know, I think that, again, it's a mindset thing and how you're going in. And if you're able to do the friends with benefit without getting emotionally attached, then it's okay. But I think if both people are on the same page and it's kind of like a thing going, you know, let's just be kind of F buddies right now, then maybe that's okay.
0: Yeah, I think um, particularly women probably find it a bit harder than some men, but I'm finding American men really guys, you don't know how to do it. I'm sorry, you just don't. I know you try to put it back on me as a female, but American men don't know how to do friends with benefits in my opinion. And women in general can find it pretty challenging at times because of the attachment thing. But Maybe that's a
1: good thing. Maybe that's showing that there's a bit more of a sensitive side to those American guys that you're meeting. I quite like that. That I well, I'm this that. is
0: my opinion on them because I'm just like giving it all out <laughs> tonight. Why not? They only know booty call or wham bam relationship. There's nothing in between, and I can't get my head around that because it's such a different difference from a cultural point of view compared to Australia. Like I feel like in Australia we really sit in the friend connection zone, chill zone for quite a bit, where it's not the case here. Mm. It's all or nothing.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, as we're kind of evolving, and I, I look at kind of like the younger generation, I think that um, there is this wave that I'm seeing of people that are, you know, kind of not relationship adverse, but really more empowered, self-empowered, and seeing that a relationship is not kind of the be-all and end-all, so that they they're they're more. Kind of open to having those more open relationships and different partners and stuff, and and, and there's a little bit more acceptance around that. I'm 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 finding mm. there's a wave of that kind of attitude shift.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll keep doing my research <laughs> in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So something that I've found. I have I fasc- more booty calls, says. I don't <laughs> like them. Not about them. <laughs> Um, what I've found fascinating with connection and dating is this. And I'm gonna go through a few scenarios. We can develop an online connection with someone um via video chats, say. And when you meet in person, the end X Factor Spark or connection doesn't translate, but you felt it like, you know, virtually and you're talking all the time and that don't feel it. Or you can develop a great sexual connection with someone, but that doesn't translate Emotionally or intellectually. And there seems to be much more to connection than what meets the eye. Like, I, I've found it a bit like, oh, that's a bit strange. That's thought there might have been a connection and there wasn't. Okay. It's confusing. So, is there anything? I know you wanted to talk about energy and things. Mm. Is that based on energy when it comes to all that stuff? Or what is it?
1: Absolutely. I think that we have to remember that we are energy beings. And that emotion is energy in motion. And a lot of understanding about connection is kind of ineffable. There's like, we, we, we just, we can't explain exactly why some people we connect with and others we don't. Um, and you know, what I've really come to understand over the years is that some people, we just have a similar energy connection like attracts like we blend our energies blend the emotion blends and we kind of have this energy sync and so it's if you can imagine like that energy is all this different frequency and so when you're really connecting with someone you're on that same frequency channel if that kind of makes more sense as opposed to like when you have a mismatch of energy that frequency, their frequency, is at a completely different frequency to yours. So it's just gonna like just two highways traveling over each other. You're just not gonna connect. And I think that's a really beautiful way of understanding connection is understanding that, you know, it's there, we're 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 always giving off a frequency depending on our inner vibration. Um, you know, it, it, you hear so many stories of like law of attraction stories of saying, you know, I was feeling fantastic, I was connected, I was empowered, I was just really happy, and boom, there I met him, you know, because your vibration was so elevated that it kind of met, you know, that person on that level. So I think it's really another aspect of what we're talking about is to kind of tune in and feel the vibes feel the vibes that a person has, feel your vibes and and see if their energies kind of match. And, you know, coming back to sex, like a lot of that energy mix plays out in our sexual compatibility.
0: I'm going to probably, something I'm going to say to some people, uh, it's going to test you, it's going to stretch you. You might get pissed off at me, but that's okay because that might be a great moment for you. So, I feel like, There's this surface level of when people are trying to make um, connections with people and make decisions about whether a prospective partner is right for them or not, I feel like they they look at very surface level things on the checklist. So, it might be, are they loyal? Do they have a job? You can probably help name these out because I'm sure clients tell you these checklist things all the time. Are they trustworthy? Did they grow up in a good family or something? Are they traditional? I don't know. Things like that I feel like have no depth. Yeah. And so now – you know, as I've rediscovered and learned about myself, I've now worked it down personally for myself down to four areas of of compatibility. And like I said at the start of this conversation, I'm ready for a relationship, but I don't need a relationship. So, I'm looking for these four areas to be compatible with, you know, my future man. And if I'm not compatible in these four areas, I'm not going to enter the relationship I've decided And these areas are first, it doesn't matter what number one to four, it doesn't really matter, but like emotionally compatible. Is he doing his work? Is he doing this sort of work that we're talking about that he's got awareness and, you know, understanding of trigger points and we can have these sort of conversations or is it like all under the rug? Because if, if if he's not doing the work and aware of this stuff, we're not a we're not a match because I'm just gonna get frustrated and I'm doing the work so it's a mismatch. Then second one is in intellectual compatibility. Now I'm not saying he needs to be like a man that can go to the moon or he's an engineer and he's like highly intellectual sort of from that point of view. I mean someone intellectual that I can have deep conversations with sometimes and we can test each other and grow and things like that and see things from different perspectives. But, I mean, not all the time because I'd be exhausting sometimes, maybe we'll just like chill. But that the intellectual compatibility. The other one which I've talked about which I think is often dropped off on the dating checklist, obviously it's very obvious if you're attracted to someone or not. That's like you do not need to be a genius to work that out. The, the, the area that I think is important is sexual compatibility Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that like good sex is not good enough for me as far as I'm concerned. I want it to be fucking great. And if it's not <laughs> on that level, the sexual compatibility is not there. Cause I know how I want my sex life to be. And then the fourth one I call the X factor. It's that thing that we just can't define. We can't say. You just, you just know there's some sort of connection with that person for whatever reason. It's just there and you can just – you can feel it. Like I can feel it in my stomach and it's the X factor. So, these are my four areas of compatibility and what I'm looking for – for my relationship and if I don't have all four I don't feel like it's compatible I don't know if I'm having high standards or not or whatnot um, but I, I had an aha moment literally today about this because I was thinking about the fact that I'll be talking to Shereen today about connection and I realized that my four areas of compatibility that I'm looking for is actually about a deep level of connection yeah. isn't it? It's a deep level of connection emotionally, it's a deep level of connection intellectually. it's a deep level of connection sexually, and then the x factor is probably energy i imagine
1: yeah well i think and I think that's the the unspoken bit that you just wow, there's just this vibration between us, and that's the energy that's that's the x factor that's the and that comes from you know if you understand like this the chakras, it comes from our sacral chakra, which is our charisma and, and how those charismas kind of really blend together and dance together. I, I, I really love what you were talking about. And I, I hope that your potential man was listening. <laughs> yeah, you out there, buddy. <laughs>
0: my my girlfriend, one of my girlfriend, Trina, shout out to you, babe. She tells me I have a high order. <laughs> I have to be patient.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I think what you've highlighted before is that you know, there's a difference between what I call our safety habits and our happiness habits. And it's really important that we recognize, yes, we we actually have to achieve them both, right? It's not about going, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about being safe. I'm going to make sure I'm safe myself. We do need to satisfy both sides of ourselves, that kind of ego self that needs to feel safe because the fear and a lot of what people want to feel in a relationship ultimately comes down to safety. A man wants to feel that, you know, he's safe to be himself, to express himself, that a woman's going to believe in him and just help him be the best version of himself and vice versa for a woman, right? That a man's really going to make her feel safe, going to make her feel nurtured, going to make her feel supported, listened to, right i say that with exclamation marks that men need to can listen more and that makes us feel safe but what you're talking about of your compatibility are happiness habits what you need to feel absolutely fulfilled it's not just about ticking the box of safety but what's actually going to make me feel so fulfilled not just make me feel safe with this person i think we need to think beyond that Beyond I can't that be bothered with
0: that, is the truth, because I look at, I just feel like there's so many people out there being complacent and settling, and they're not yeah. really happy. There's many people out there in relationships, and they're miserable. I mean, I yeah. can't get my mind around sexless marriages. Like, I feel like, I mean, I obviously don't literally mean this, but I sort of like put a fucking bullet to my head. Like, are you serious? I mm-hmm. just can't get my head around it but so and I understand people are in these relationships and maybe not understanding what they're feeling but that's why now that I have a choice and I'm not spending my 30s in a relationship like that like it has to be on those four areas of compatibility and I'm going to be patient and I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe that it's going to turn up at the right time and who knows I could have met that guy already and he's not ready or I might not have yeah. met him at all like it will happen when it happens but there's times that it's testing for me there's times that it feels sad I'm like when is my time you know <laughs> want the yeah. connection but it's interesting that you you talk about it on the happiness spectrum and we yes. always talk what do we always
1: say Happiness is not for chicken shits, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Correct. you know. It,
1: and that this is the thing. What you're saying here takes a lot of courage. To say, I'm not going to settle just because I feel like I want to connect to somebody. Connection can come in many different ways, right? We don't necessarily need to get this connection from one person. Um, So like, for example, somebody that, you know, you may have a partner who's not necessarily getting into the deep spiritual stuff. You know, there's ways that you can help open those conversations, but you may find other ways of getting that connection. You know what I mean? Like maybe part of it is not looking for one person to, to you know, to, to fulfill all those needs of connection. You know what I mean? So, you know, but, it, you know, ultimately it is about living an extraordinary life, you know, and that's what you're about, greatness. I don't want ordinary, I want greatness. And that extends to my relationship as well.
0: Yes. And what I want to finish off, the episode today is I know that you've got some relevant meditations, guided meditations uh, for Shireen's app, Piece in My Pocket. Which ones would they be the best ones that you've got about connection or that people might be able to check out after this and start doing the guided meditations and connecting with themselves and helping them to clear things and, you know, good vibes come in to yes. manifest beautiful connections?
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, there's a couple that come to mind. One, I think a really good place to start is the letting go meditation to really learn how to catch that anxiety and catch that negative emotion and how we just self-soothe and how we kind of release toxic emotions so that they just, you know, clear the mind, clear the body. I think that's a really good one. Um, there's another, uh, meditation about getting grounded, which is about connection to the earth connection to ourselves and just feeling that energy again, how we emotionally management, uh, manage ourselves and kind of get rid of that anxiety and just get really grounded and present. Um, there's another meditation um, called, I think it's called Abundance, Attracting Abundance Meditation, which is about how we open ourselves to receive abundance. And I think that's whether, and it's not necessarily financial abundance, it could just be um, love, and happiness, love. connection, yeah. whatever abundance means to you. So how you open yourself up to receive, because I think that's a very big part of what we're talking about. Not only how you give to people, but how you receive and are you receiving connection from people? And the other one that I'd love people to give it, you know, have a try is the self-love meditation. And that really takes you deep inside to what the essence of your core self is, connecting with that love and just really just feeling full and empowered within yourself so i hope those can help
0: um i know that they can so make sure you check them out and see what you think and i I know they're brilliant and i definitely listen to them as well when i need some guidance or help to get grounded connect or anything like that thank you so much for being on the show and talking about connections
1: thanks for having me again i hope you uh I hope you find that man out there very soon. Yeah,
0: he's my divine alpha male.
1: (laughs) He's out there. Thank you. You
0: have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter, and if you have any questions, please email my question at com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining.
1: Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe,
0: rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.